This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. She is a certified mind-body wellness coach, a DTP yoga instructor, fitness model, humanitarian, and suicide survivor. This might be told by many mental health professionals that her mental conditions were lifelong and would require medications. She became decertified as having a serious mental illness without prescription medications and now coaches others on reaching their happiness potential through her happiness boost program. Amanda Webster, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited for you to be here too. Now, I just read your intro and I got a couple questions. Okay, what is a DDP yoga instructor? So DDP is a former world heavyweight uh, wrestling champion. He was actually one of my childhood heroes and he started a yoga program uh, uh, to help not only other uh, athletes and stuff heal from their injuries, but to help people just be in the best shape of their life. Awesome. Well, you know, something else that, that you said in the intro there is, you know, a lot of people, they have a problem, any kind of problem, mental or physical, they go right for the medicine. And, you know, when I was younger and naive, I didn't really, you know, the doctor tells me to go to medicine, but now I've become, I don't know why I don't say smart, but maybe a little more well-versed in the world. And I, I think medicine, in my opinion, should be the last resort, not the first resort. I know Big Pharma makes billions, if not trillions of dollars on the medications, but I think we should do more holistic. Maybe it's my age or maybe it's the way we should be thinking. What are your thoughts on that? Hey, look, I'm 35 and I wholeheartedly agree with you. So it's definitely not your age. I do think that medication has its place, but yeah, it should be the last resort when you've tried other things and it hasn't helped. It hasn't improved the situation or as a short term, uh, as a short term solution when someone is in full blown crisis and they need something to get through that, then I, I fully endorse that some people need medication. But you're right. It just seems to be everyone's first choice, the thing that everyone reaches to. And I get the allure, I really do, to think that, oh, there's this little happiness pill that's going to make everything all better. And that's just simply not the case. A prime example is several weeks ago, I had a gentleman on my show and he introduced me to a concept called grounding or some people called earthing. And I'm like, I used to get grounded by my parents. What are you talking about? He goes, no, you go outside and you take your shoes and socks off and you just connect with the earth. And it's allegedly supposed to like help alleviate inflammation because the theory is our electricity is grounded. Our cable TV is grounded. Well, we're not grounded because we're all wearing these rubber shoe, rubber shoe, rubber sole shoes. Easy for me to say. And so some guy, a doctor or something like that, came up with this idea that go barefoot, which we used to do way back in the old days. We didn't have shoes. We would always walk around barefoot. And, and so I started trying it and I'm a daily runner. I run at least three miles every single day and I can tell you that it works. And what I found fascinating is so many people go, oh, it's just a scam. I'm like, dude, I'm not taking a pill. I'm literally going outside on the grass and barefoot. How could that be bad for me unless I stand on a fire ant mound? Of course, that, that would be catastrophic. But what are your thoughts? Have you heard of grounding? What do you think about it? I think it's funny that you said it's something that you used to do or something we used to do because this is something I've been doing since childhood and never really let go of. I absolutely love the feeling of, you know, bare feet and sand or barefoot 
um, in grass. It's just one of those things that really does calm me. Even when I'm having a panic attack or I'm very stressed out, having anxiety uh, issues, it's always been one of those things that I turn to, one of my skills that I turn to to ground me. So it does not shock me in the slightest bit that they're finding science behind that. Because even beyond the the idea of the the rubber soles uh, blocking our energy, blocking our connection, there's something to be said for just being mindful in the moment. And when we're when we're hustling around all day, we're not doing that, and that is going in and of itself to be a major issue for our mental health. But yeah, it's it's one of my top five favorite things to do is to just wander around barefoot outside in grass or sand. And I love the opportunity of being able to go to a beach. I'm in Arizona, so there's not a whole lot of those. But when I do get to go, my first thing is kick the shoes off, run through the sand, run through that hot sand. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't shock me at all that that is a, a scientific thing we're now learning. It's funny, isn't it? How all of these things that we kind of got chided for, for believing in all this time, science is now backing it up. Like science, they're proving, you know, the mind-body connection, not just through the vagus nerve, you know, the nerve that runs through the base of the neck down into the gut. There's the mind-body connection there. And scientists now are constantly talking about this. I was called such a hippie for a long time for, for you know, believing in this and talking about it. And now scientists are talking about it and they've proven that trauma that isn't dealt with or stress that isn't managed can cause cancer. So, yeah, I, I don't understand either why someone would call that a scam because it's not like someone's selling some program, you know, it's not like right. somebody's selling a pill. I, worst case scenario, I go outside, I walk around barefoot, I feel a little better. I don't understand the downside to this here. <laughs> exactly. And there's a documentary on YouTube. So if you've got YouTube, which we all have a YouTube, uh, watch the documentary. It's like 75 minutes long. And this woman told us, told a story. She'd have like a whole bunch of pain. And the doctor said, introduced her to grounding and she started doing it. Apparently she was trying to conceive a child and, and the doctor said, Hey, go outside and, you know, lay down naked and let the earth do its things. And I'm like, okay, that's great. If you live in the South, don't do that up in like upper Michigan in the dead of winter. That probably will. I mean, you'll be, you'll be connected, but you may be frozen to death. So I'm just saying take precautions, but uh, I do it every day, at least an hour every day. And they do have grounding mats you can get. Um, or you can, if you're someplace where it's cold or you can't go outside, you can ground in the house. I just don't see where it's a bad thing because you know, I want to become healthy. I'm 55. I'm aiming for a hundred at a minimum. I want to reach a hundred years old. And I think we need to take care of ourselves both physically and spiritually and mentally. And I see so many people, and this is one of the reasons why I want to have you on the show today is so many people that are just not taking care of themselves, especially during this pandemic we're all dealing with. They're just like, oh, I'm just going to like uh, be in a fetal position, eat uh, chocolate chip cookies and watch Netflix. And I'm like, I don't think that's a really good idea. I think you should be doing other things. You should be moving your body. You should be exercising your mind by learning things. I'm trying to learn French desperately through a Duolingo. And I, I just think people need to take responsibility for their own lives. I, I think we got to stop blaming the government, blaming COVID, blaming you know the weather. We, we got to take responsibility. Do you agree? Uh, oui, je, je, je suis d'accord. I'm just kidding. Don't do that to me. I, 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 you know, not there yet. Oh, dommage, dommage. Uh, no, I totally agree. I think that there's kind of two types of people uh, in this pandemic, at least from what I have noticed, that there's the types of people, I think, like you and I, 
that look at this as an opportunity to reconnect, to reassess, to, yes, take a step back, of course, and say, what are my real uh, goals here? What do I really want to accomplish? Like, it's really given me the opportunity to reconnect to a lot of the things that I kind of had given up on that I, I had forgotten how much I enjoyed. But then there's the types of people, like you said, that are scooping the ice cream onto the pasta for dinner, you know, and have just completely and utterly given up. And now we're talking about the COVID-15 where everybody's gaining weight. And I said, I've lost weight during COVID, so I don't know what y'all are on about. But I I really think that the people that are going to make excuses are just going to use this as another excuse. And the people that are going to really come out on the other side of COVID uh, better are the ones that are saying, okay, yeah, this, this is a change. It's a big shift. And that can be a challenge, but let's meet that challenge. And that's where I've been at. I'm like, let's meet this challenge and see what I can accomplish this year and see, you know, yes, take time for myself and, and see what um, I can kind of reconnect with, but really looking at it as an opportunity and a challenge that we can overcome or that we can face instead of this doom and gloom uh, situation that a lot of people are, are framing it as. Yeah. So let's get really practical about how we can live better. Some of the things I do is I, I'm a proud owner of an Apple Watch. And the number one thing I love about my Apple Watch is it forces me to move. It forces me to stand every hour. It forces me to exercise. Not forces me, but it highly encourages me. And I think we need to move because we're spending so much time on Zoom calls and staring at our computers. We need to get up and move. We need to get up and stand. We need to exercise appropriately. So if you haven't exercised in 20 years, don't start running like I do. I'm, I'm physically fit. You may not be, but just consult your doctor. Uh, so, and I'm doing that. So I'm making sure I'm staying active. I'm also, you know, learning French. I'm trying to exercise the brain through reading. And I also drink 99% of the time. I only drink water. So that's some of the things I'm doing. Now I do some bad things. I have ice cream and cookies and stuff like that. So I'm not perfect, but what are your top, uh, you know, three or four tips that you tell people, if you really want to get control of your wellness, what would they be? Well, I actually have a framework called the five puzzle pieces of happiness. And it's kind of the five things that I found were completely and utterly necessary for me to move forward with my mental health. And the the third one, actually, I'll, I'll touch on that because you just spoke so eloquently about it is just moving. People think of fitness now and you see all these, you know, Insta models and these Insta fitness gurus. And we think that fitness now has to be going to the gym and running or going and running three miles like you do or, you know, doing all of these circuits. And we forget that there's a lot of different ways to, as I call it, find your fitness. And for me, one of the things I took back up during uh, this time was rollerblading because I'm moving my body. I'm doing something I enjoy. I can listen to my French podcast because I don't know if you knew I'm learning French too. I haven't for the past couple of years, but uh, it's, it's an awesome opportunity to do something that I enjoy because if you're, if you're forcing yourself to do these circuits and stuff that people tell you you have to do to be fit, if you're forcing yourself to try and do these every day, it's not something that's going to be uh, functional, like long-term it's, it's not going to be a lifestyle that you can keep up long-term at least if you can, you're probably not going to be very happy with it because I don't know a whole lot of people that enjoy doing that every single day, myself included. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think finding what works for you as far as getting uh, getting moving and and connecting with that fitness, whether you have a gym membership or not, that is definitely one of my big ones. 
learning to emotionally eat the right way. That's number two. So we're kind of moving backwards. We're mixing up the puzzle pieces here, but that's okay because they all still end up in the, in the same picture, right? Yes. But the, the big issue I found was that even though I'd majored as a mind-body wellness coach and my specialty was actually holistic nutrition, I kind of got sucked into the marketing schemes of, oh, this is gluten-free and vegan, so it must be healthy. Ha ha, right? You know what my favorite is? You know what my favorite is? When people say, oh, I'm eating organic candy. Okay, it's still sugar, okay? (laughs) I don't care if it's it's conventional or organic sugar. Organic candy is not better for you than conventional candy. I just want to lay that out there. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out MrProductivity.com to find out how to be coached by me for less than a dollar a day. Get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. It's really not. I mean, there, there might be some slight improvements like, oh, maybe it doesn't have dye or something, but it's still going to have a lot of negative side effects, my friends. And my favorite used to be, I used to have these vegan gluten-free chocolate cupcakes. Like every single night I had one of these and I was so convinced oh, I'm eating healthy because it's vegan and gluten-free and this macaroni is like vegan and gluten-free. And the problem with that is, is you're not getting the nutrients that your body needs to not only li- be um, in optimal physical health, but optimal mental health, because there's so many nutrients that if we're deficient and we're causing inflammation in the gut, that's going to send signals through the vagus nerve up into the brain saying something's wrong. And guess how that comes out as symptoms of anxiety, depression, stress. So if you're not uh, feeding your body appropriately, and that doesn't mean making sure that you're eating organic, gluten-free, blah, blah, blah. That means actually balancing your nutrients appropriately and making sure that you're getting uh, the the adequate doses of these nutrients every day so that you uh, can be at optimal mental and physical function. So learning to, like I said, emotionally eat the right way, as I put it, because I am a huge emotional eater. I used to be that person that was scooping the vegan ice cream onto the gluten-free pasta. <laughs> and I didn't even need a pandemic, okay? I didn't even need a pandemic to be able to like justify doing that. But um, once I started making those shifts and paying attention to the nutrients that my body needed, and I mean, I still eat pie. I just figured out a better, healthier way to make pie. And no, I didn't just get organic ingredients. There are, you know, paleo recipes and stuff where you can still enjoy a lot of these foods in a much, much healthier version. And there's also shock of shocks, fruits and vegetables and, you know, different natural uh, carbohydrates and stuff that I enjoy frequently. And that made such a huge, huge, huge difference uh, in my, in my mental health. That was probably one of the most crucial things that I did was, was be more attentive and learning how to emotionally eat the right way and paying attention to what my body was needing and what my mind was needing. Because I don't know why people continue to say physical and mental health, because I don't know if y'all notice, but our brain is still part of our body. <laughs> That's still a part of us physically. So your mental health and your physical health are kind of intertwined. There's not... Uh, a separation there, uh, contrary to a lot of people's belief. Um, Another one of the big things that I had to do, and this was really, really hard for me, this is actually my fifth puzzle piece, was cutting the crap out of my life, learning what the heck to, to just drop and get rid of, be it people or habits or physical items. I mean, we don't realize how stressful it is 
subconsciously when our entire office is just stacked with papers and unnecessary things that we haven't used in three years and our closet has all these clothes that haven't fit us since junior high. And that can start to weigh down on you. So learning what to cut in your life, what to let go of, what to get rid of is a really big, uh, it, it's, it's massive. It's huge because there's a lot of different um, categories to it from, like I said, people to items, to mindsets, to like limiting beliefs. I know I had a lot of limiting beliefs that I had to learn to overwrite in my head. And I think we, we mistake that these limiting beliefs always come from a negative source. Like for example, I had an ex that told me you deserve to have panic attacks. So that got stuck in my head and guess what happened? I had more panic attacks because now I, I have this tape in my head that is saying, I deserve it. And then my, as I call it, shadow, my depression, picked that up and just kept replaying it over and over and over. You deserve this. You deserve this. But then there's the well-meaning people, like my mom, who I had a wonderful relationship with. She was a wonderful, wonderful person. I loved her dearly. Uh, She loved me. We had a great uh, interaction. But she told me once as a teenager, you look dead without makeup. So as a teenager, in my most impressionable time, this tape got stuck in my head. So until a few years ago, and I'm now 35, I had this tape stuck in my head that if I did not spend all this time every morning getting ready, that I was not pretty, I was not worthy. And that took time to start overcoming those things. There's there's definitely a lot of different methods for that uh, that I get into more in the Happiness Boost program. But you have to let go. You have to let go of the things that aren't serving you. And during COVID, this is a really, really, really wonderful time to analyze. Actually, the first of my puzzle pieces is analyzing, just taking the moment to assess yourself and figure out where you are and where you want to go. Because let's be honest, people saying, I'm depressed and I want to be happy. Okay, that's fantastic. What does that look like to you? What is happiness? Because that's something that's pretty arbitrary. It's different for every person. And saying, I'm depressed, Uh uh-uh, no, you're not. You are having symptoms of depression, but you are not depression. You are not depressed. And I I realized that I was constantly attaching to these labels. You know, I was depressed. I said, I was depressed. I was this victim of rape. I was a victim of this emotionally abusive relationship. I had all these different things that I was attaching to. And that gave those things power. And what worse thing is there than to give my power to my rapist? Like, why would you do that when I can take it back and say, no, I'm a survivor of rape. I'm a survivor of abuse. I am a person that has symptoms of depression, but depression isn't who I am. And once I started to let go of these things and take my power back, huge, huge shifts started happening. Yeah, in words, words are so powerful. And I, I read several years ago, I think of an author named Jeffrey Gittimer. He's a big sales guy. And he says, stop saying I'm sorry say, I apologize. And when I first read it, I'm like, what do you mean? But when you stop and think about it, you're saying, I'm sorry. I'm a sorry person. You know, we always say, I'm sorry, but no, say I'm apologize. I apologize. Cause here's the thing. Words are powerful as you just illustrated. So eloquently they are powerful. And so if you go around like, like, uh, like I use the analogy from Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Are you Eeyore? You know, nothing's going to work out. You know, it's it's not meant to be, it's not my lot in life. Cause to your point, that's gonna get stuck in your head. Or you can be like Winnie the Pooh, or even worse, like a, a positive worse, like I am, I'm Tigger, and just be happy. And you know, if you're gonna be Winnie the Pooh, make sure you wear pants. I'm just saying that. So <laughs> but but I think people can look at themselves as an Eeyore, as a Winnie the Pooh, or as a Tigger. Now, 
I don't know how many people listening to this conversation are going to know who they are. I mean, I grew up with Winnie the Pooh. Uh, hopefully, you know who that is. And you're not going, what's he talking about? No, but I a lot of people, know who Winnie the Pooh is. Okay. So a lot of people are really going through life and they were doing this long before COVID was a thing. Okay. They're just not happy. And, and I, I've been watching, I've been reading a book uh, from Jay Shetty called Think Like a Monk. And in the book, he talks about how it's important that you choose to be happy. It's not my job to make Amanda's happy. Amanda's happy. It's not Amanda's job to make me happy. You get to choose whether you're going to be happy. And I know people, and I know you do as well, Amanda, who are really poor, don't know when they're going to pay their bills, and they're happy. And we also know people who have so much money, they don't know what they're going to, how they're going to spend it all, who are miserable. So I think happiness comes from inside. You have to choose, I am going to be happy today. Was it um, uh, Theodore Roosevelt? Not Theodore. Who is uh, the Roosevelt girl? The, the, I can't think of her name. The president's wife, Roosevelt's wife. I can't think of Eleanor Roosevelt. She yeah. said, no one can make you feel a certain way. You choose to feel a certain way. And so if you want to be happy, well, it's not up to anyone else to make you happy. It's not up to an object. It's not up to an experience. It's not up to what day of the week it is. You have to say, look, it, I'm going to be happy. And it sounds like you, Amanda, are like me. I wake up every day excited. Every day for me is like Christmas morning. I get a new present in terms of a day. Who am I going to meet? What am I going to learn today? I'm excited every time I wake up, but I know a lot of people just aren't. It's really interesting that you say that because that was one of the things that kind of indicated to me that I was getting out of that darkness in my mind because when I was depressed, when I was in the throes of my depression or when I was having symptoms of depression, caught myself. Um, I would get up every morning and go, Oh my God, not this crap again. And I just didn't want to get out of bed. I had no energy. I had no drive. I just dreaded another day full of drama and, and difficulty and struggles. And I just, I'd already made this entire like scenario in my head of all the crappy things that were going to happen that day before I even got out of bed. (laughs) And when I started coming out of that um, dark place, I remember I, it had been like a couple weeks and I hadn't really realized it, but I got out of bed and I felt like, oh my God, like this is an adventure and this is awesome. And what can I, like you were saying, what can I accomplish today? Who can I meet? And not even what can I accomplish in the sense of let me make this giant to-do list and try and be as productive as humanly possible. But can I smile one extra time? Can I connect with somebody? Can I maybe, you know, yeah, knock out that thing that I've been putting off for forever. Can I learn a new French verb? And that was huge to me. And we I don't, we won't talk about French verbs because they've got me tied up in oh knots right now. But. Uh, je comprends, je comprends bien. But um, yeah, it's 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 so powerful when you shift that mindset. One of the things I did was I, I download this gratitude app, and every single morning, the very first thing I do is this gratitude prompt on this app, which helps me reconnect to that mindset and touching a little bit back on what you were saying about the saying, I apologize versus I'm sorry. I'm actually going to take that one step further because I notice when I get in that mindset of apologizing in general, when I'm like, Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I apologize. or I didn't mean to do that. When I get in that mindset, I notice that it starts affecting my mental health. So instead I actually will say, you know, thank you so much for being patient with me. So instead of saying, I'm sorry for being late saying, I really appreciate that you were so patient with me while I, well, I got here while well, I'm a few Ref- reframing reframing is so important. I love that. Yeah. And I think that once you can start doing that, number one, other people are going to start 
uh, seeing you differently because now instead of being this person that's constantly apologizing, for, I have a friend like that. I love her dearly, but literally she will, she'll say, I'm sorry. And then say, I'm sorry for saying, I'm sorry. Like she'll <laughs> apologize for absolutely anything. Like she could bump into you. She's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And it's not just a, oh, I'm sorry. It's a, she is pleading for your forgiveness. And that says a lot about a person. And I totally understand, you know, how she got to that point. And I, I make it a point to validate her and reassure her all the time that she doesn't have anything to be sorry for. She's my best friend. I love her. Even if she bumps into me, you know, that's not something to apologize for. That's just the thing to say, Hey, like, you know, uh, I, I hope I didn't hurt you or something. You know, I hope that didn't hurt. Are you okay? Just connecting with them. There's so many different ways to frame that, but that is super important to not, you're almost in a way victimizing yourself because you're saying, Oh, I'm sorry. I did this terrible thing. I'm a horrible person. And <laughs> you really don't need to apologize for every little thing that you do. Uh, that just, that in the end, it just drains you and other people are going to look at you and go, Oh my gosh. <laughs> and here's the thing. It really, this all comes from what are you exposing yourself to? So if you're constantly on social media, if you're constantly consuming the news, if you're constantly hanging around those negative Nellies, those CEO Eeyores, well, that changes you into that person. Uh, the late Charlie tremendous Jones used to say in five years, you're going to be the same person you are today, except for the books you read and the people you meet. So what are you consuming? We'll, we'll take his books and we'll, we'll excuse me, put in uh, consuming and who are you hanging around on social media? I mean, we're social distancing now, but who are you hanging around? Are you watching videos of people who are angry, who are not happy at all? Because that is going to infiltrate your psyche, your conscious, your vocabulary, and your, your mental uh, attitude for things. And so be very careful who you're exposing yourself to and what you're exposing yourself to because a lot of people don't even think about it. They're watching all these violent uh, movies or playing these violent video games. That really matters. You're serious about your online business. I am too. That's why I proudly host my website on Kajabi. It's everything you need all rolled into one platform. For more information and to try Kajabi free for 14 days, go to the link in the show notes or go to markstuchowski.com forward slash Kajabi. That's Kajabi, K-A-J-A-B-I. It does. And I know that there's been things that have affected me like years later that just really disturbed me. And I will say there are some things I watch that probably aren't the best, but uh, there's a there's a channel on YouTube called uh, Dead Meat James, and he does kill counts of different movies. And I've always been kind of a, a, a sucker for cheesy slasher movies. I don't like horror movies or really like gory movies, but the cheesy Freddy Krueger yes. type movies. Yes, I think that there's there's a giant difference. But no, one of the first things I always tell everybody is get the hell off of social media. Stop watching the news. If you have to yeah. watch the news and I get it right now because there's so much going on, limit it to maybe 10 minutes in the evening to just check, you know, check in on stuff and see where everything is. And I don't even do that because it's completely unnecessary at the end of the day. If something major breaks out, come on, let's be realistic. We're going to know about it. We're going to find out about Someone it. Tell us. Someone's going to tell us. It's not like we're going to, you know, be sitting in our house and all of a sudden an entire war is going to break out outside, uh, outside our window and we're not even going to know and we're just going to get shot and die. Like we don't need yeah. to constantly be connected. And that is one of the first things I tell people. As a matter of fact, one of the biggest steps, like one of the biggest, biggest, biggest crucial points of happiness is focusing and 
uh, checking in with where uh, with where you are in the moment, not with where the world is, not with where your friend is, not with the problems of everyone else all the time, because believe me, I'm kind of empathetic, so I tend to suck in everyone else's energy. But you absolutely have to connect to your own world. Like, everybody's freaking the heck out right now over the presidential election. At the end of the day, there would have been good and bad things, like for whoever gets elected. And I still get to live my life. I still get to choose what I do when I get up in the morning, what I eat, no matter whoever got elected, we're still going to live in America in a free country where I can choose what to eat and what to do and the career I want to have and the next step in my life and allowing, you know, the media to, to pretty much dictate our whole life is so, so toxic. And that's the number one thing I always tell people is even if you can't get off social media, I get it because I have a lot of uh, connections, a lot of friends back home. I grew up in Missouri and I'm now in Arizona. So I, I like to stay connected with my friends and I have social media, but I, there's a, there's a browser extension that you can download that errat- it's called uh, feed eradicator and it'll eradicate your feed. So when you open Facebook, it actually doesn't show the feed. It'll just show like a positive quote, or you can just set it to show nothing at all. So you can still get in, you can check your messages. You can check uh, if you go to someone's page, you can still see their page and catch up if you want to but you're not bombarded with, oh, look, this person had a baby. Oh, look, this person went on vacation. Oh, look, they're complaining about the president again. That is so, 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 so unhealthy to just be bombarded with that all day. So I have a pretty strict rule now that I will check my stuff in the morning and I'll check my stuff in the evening. And other than that, I want nothing to do with the crap show that is (laughs) social media. And everyone now has this, this mindset that their opinion is for some reason better than everyone else's opinion. And they have to shove it down everyone's throat. And it is so incredibly unhealthy to be exposed to that 24 seven. And it makes me so sad to see when people are out on a date or they're at the park with their kids and they're just sitting there scrolling on their phones. I'm like, literally your child is 20 feet from you laughing and giggling and enjoying life and doesn't need the device. Maybe you can go play with your kid. Maybe go walk barefoot in the grass. Maybe just sit there and stare at the clouds or take a breath. You don't constantly have to be doing something. I I believe it was Wayne Dyer who had said, we're human beings, not human doings. And we've forgotten in this society how to take a step back and just be and just breathe. You know what I do is I... I have an Apple Watch. It's a cellular Apple Watch, so I'll preface what I'm going to say with that. But I went out, and I'm a big fan of the of the bullet journal. So I went out and got a pocket-sized moleskin bullet journal. And so a lot of times, like my wife and I, we go to church on Saturday nights and go to Bible study. And so I'll leave my phone at home. If I need to jot something down, I've got my bullet journal. If I had to make an emergency call, like a car breaks down, I have my Apple Watch. But it's so freeing because I'll be sitting in church, you know, before church starts, and everyone's on their phones, and I'm just looking around. It's like, and I'm noticing things I've never, I've been going to church for 15 years. I'm seeing things I've never seen before because I'm actually not on my phone. I'm looking around. And I tell people, look at back in the day. Now, keep in mind, I was born in 1965, that when I first learned how to drive, I think it was in 19, I don't know, 81 or something like that. You didn't have a car phone. You didn't have maps. You didn't have Google Maps, Apple Maps, Waze, or any of this stuff. So you go to the store, you have a list on a piece of paper, and you drive the store. If you forgot something, the world didn't come to an end. Now it's like, well, I got to take my phone to the store. I'm like, why? What if I forget something? Then you go back. 
I mean, you're allowed to go back to the store, but people, to your point, are so obsessed of having immediate uh, connection to anyone and anything in the world, 24, seven, 365. They're not realizing what that's doing to their mentality. I mean, I'm on social media. I mean, my favorite platform is LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. Okay. I don't, I left Twitter. I love Facebook. I love Instagram. I'm on MeWe, which is a, an alternative to Facebook. I'm on parlor, which is an alternative to Twitter, but I'm not on them all day long, but I'm a different person. You are listener. You need to figure out what works for you. Maybe you need to do what Amanda's doing and cut all social media off except for a few minutes in the evening in the morning. I can go on it several times during the day because I can I can prevent myself from being sucked down the, the, the rabbit hole. If you can't, then you need to put things in place so you are not consuming the social media platform of your choice all day long. You need to make these de- decisions because social media and the news, they're not your friend. They want to destroy you mentally, and you need to rise up and say, no, you're not going to do it to me. You know, I had a fun interview with Eric Bischoff, who um, is really big in the wrestling world and, again, was one of my heroes growing up. But he was talking about how the media kind of stole a page from professional wrestling's playbook, where it's really all about ratings. That's what it is. It isn't about informing you. It's about what is going to make you go, oh, my God, and keep watching. I mean, nobody's nobody's really going to care to keep watching if it's happy, feel-good, fuzzy stories. It's when they scare the ever-living crap out of you so that you have to sit there and go, oh, my God, is the world going to break out in war? Am I going to die? Am I going to lose my job? Like They want you to keep coming back. And I'll, I'll never forget at the end where I told him, I was like, okay, you have to give a PSA to America right now. Like, what would your PSA be? Because back in the wrestling days, you know, they always had those little 30 second to a minute little PSAs where they, they'd give their message. And he just said, you're being manipulated. You know, you, this isn't the truth. This isn't what you should be listening to referring to uh, phone, social media, media, that sort of thing. This isn't what we should be listening to. You're being lied to. You're being manipulated. And I'll never forget that. That was just so powerful to me to realize that we trust these people. We really do. We trust the media. We trust our friends that are posting on social media. And everyone has an agenda. Let's just own that right now. Even me, even you, we all have agendas. Everyone. Yeah. So when we post stuff, we post stuff based on what, what, number one, we want other people to think of us. Number two, we want people to agree with our stances on things, you know, because that's just the pack mentality of humanity. We want people to connect with us. And when we can convince them that we're right and everyone else is wrong and we, we bring them into our pack, that makes us feel powerful. But as far as the mindfulness, let me share with you a really interesting story that I had. Um, when I was coming out of that darkness, and this was kind of another one of those indicators that I went, huh, I don't think I'm really having a lot of the symptoms of, of depression anymore, because this was kind of in conjunction with uh, the, the getting out of bed in the morning incident that I was telling you about. But so when I was was having those symptoms of depression, when I was at the very rock bottom, my son, who's now nine, could hug me and I would feel nothing at all. I knew you know, deep inside that I loved him. Even at that time, I would have taken a bullet for my kid, but I didn't feel it. I didn't feel love. And that hurt because, you know, I'd lost my parents and I felt really alone. And this child's really all I have in the world. Even if I'm dating somebody or I have my friends, like this is my family. This is my my blood. And it hurt. And I felt guilty. And I felt like just an awful human being. And I remember that we, he wanted to go for a bike ride. And I was one of those people at the time that everything had to be very, 
uh, scheduled. It's like, okay, I have 30 minutes for bike ride, then I'm going to come back and I'm going to write this and I'm going to work out and I'm going to do this. I'm going to practice my Duolingo and everything. La 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 was very, very scheduled out in the day. So I said, okay, I'm going to go for a bike ride with you. I have 30 minutes. I've blocked out 30 minutes to do this bike ride with you. So we're on the bike ride and he stops in front of this house. And I'm just like, come on, kid. Like, come on, we have to go. Mommy has to get back to her stuff. And I was just so dead set on rushing through that bike ride. And the whole time I'm doing the bike ride, I'm sitting there listing out all the other things that I want to accomplish that day. And he's just like, he he said, regarde, maman, regarde, which is look, mama, look. Uh, And I look at this house and this is a house I passed a bazillion times because it was right in my neighborhood. So I passed it probably at least every couple days, if not pretty much every day. And there was just all of these rose bushes, like all different colors. I didn't even know there were blue roses, but there were blue roses and pink roses and yellow roses and red roses and white roses. And I'm just, my jaw is just like slapped. I'm just staring going, oh my God. And how did I miss this all this time? Just this beautiful, beautiful sight. And he comes and he takes my hand and says, je t'aime maman, which means I love you, mama. I said, je t'aime mon loulou, which means I love you, my little wolf. It's kind of a French term of endearment. There you go. You got your French lesson for today, Mark. Um, <laughs> but I felt it. In that moment, I felt the love. And I, I remember like the tears just springing in my eyes. I, I, I just will never forget that moment where I literally stopped and smelled the roses. <laughs> and it was just so powerful because... Had I continued to sit there and go, okay, we need to go. We need to go right now. Let's go. Like, I need to get back to my work. What works did I have that was more important than that? What work did I have that would have gotten me further than my son holding my hand and telling me he loved me and me feeling that love? Tell me that. What in the world could have been more important than that? Well, you know, I want to thank you for sharing that story because that is a perfect way to end this episode because I want to leave people on a high and that is leaving people on a high because we all need to stop and literally sometimes smell the roses. Don't worry about your schedule. If that person comes into your life, if you something happens in your life, that may be in my case, God, it may be whatever you believe in saying, Hey, stop. You need to stop and you need to pay attention to this. So I want to thank you for that story because that's a great way to end this conversation. So Amanda, where can we go to find more about you online? Yeah, if you go to happinessboost.life, that has all of my social media. And I'm also doing a challenge where people can learn more about those five puzzle pieces of happiness we're talking about. I know we didn't have time to go into a lot of detail. And I just right now want everybody to be able to take action and not have excuses. So the challenge will give results right away in those five areas that we're talking about, four areas, we missed one of them, but in the five areas and improve DAS scores. So real fast, a lot of people don't realize that when you measure the depression and anxiety is a very measurable and there's a test that professionals use called DAS and that's depression, anxiety, stress scales. And when I was first tested, well, not first tested, but when I came down off the ledge uh, from nearly taking my life the next month, they did this, this evaluation on me and my depression was a 20 and my anxiety was a 16. And to be clear, like just for reference, severe depression is a score of 21. So I was one point below the worst I could be. And when they reevaluated me in May of 2020, this is uh, less than two years later, my depression was a three and my anxiety was a two. And that's important, number one, because obviously that's a huge jump, but it still wasn't zero. And that's okay. Because 
we're humans and we're going to have feelings and we're going to emotion, have emotions and we're going to go through struggles. But I do guarantee that you improve your DAF score uh, during this challenge. And there's pie. Part of this challenge is making and eating pie. So tell me how many challenges online can do that, right? But yeah, go to happinessboost.life. You can sign up for the challenge. It's $300 value completely free right now. Because like I said, I just don't want anybody to have any excuses. I understand that stuff is difficult right now. I get it. I'm struggling too. And you'll also get a free copy of my workbook, How to Improve Your Productivity and Boost Your Happiness. Because like we were talking about, focus and uh, mindfulness is so important. And this is going to give you right away... Uh, action to take to take that first step toward your happiness potential. Excellent. Well, you gave us a lot to think about. And like I tell you, listener, you know, don't get overwhelmed. Amanda gave you a lot to think about today. Just pick one thing and go do it. Simple as that. Don't don't overthink this. Don't overcomplicate it and go do. You've heard now go do. So Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. And also, you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.